0: on this episode of the back of the pod we talk about the super bowl we talk about mr barry and we play a little game we like to call Mary kill and if you don't know what we're talking about you're just gonna have to listen and if you haven't already hit subscribe on the podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on instagram and twitter at the packers pod
1: Jones! Look at that balance! Aaron Jones! See ya!
0: Hey there everybody, this is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello gents.
1: Yo, yo, hey yo,
0: yo, yo, you yo. Guys. This is gonna sound very homerish, but any other two teams in the Super Bowl would have been a lot more fun, right?
2: I was still rooting for the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, the, the bills would have been fun to have a a new team in there, but I was still rooting for the Chiefs, but I got, I like, I still need a therapy session over that thing for the entire two week run up. I I never checked ESPN. I I never watched NFL network. I wasn't sure I was going to watch it until day of. And, you know, covid and my dog had just had surgery ironically and i'm like well i guess i'm just stuck here so i guess i'll watch it because there's nothing else but it was any it was like an emotional experience i wasn't ready for that
1: yeah and just what we were
2: expecting
1: because we we really did have like the best four nfl teams in the championship games and and you know arguably the best two teams in the super bowl And just to get this type of performance, I mean, yes, Tampa Bay dominated the game. They won 31-9, to but looking at their stats, like, uh, that's what the best team in the NFL looks like. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just like, wow, what an awful game. Kansas City beat themselves.
2: Well, they had no offensive line. Isn't it ironic all year? The AFC is the best team. Whoever comes out of the AFC is going to be amazing. I was about to bring that up. Yeah, man, it (laughs) appears— it appears the best two teams were the Packers and the Buccaneers based on what we just witnessed. And what's so frustrating about that is all the flashbacks then to the NFC championship game. I couldn't help but watch that game and just be like, this should be us. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Everything that's happening here should be us. And I'm not going to lie. After the first Buccaneers score in the second half, I turned it off. I couldn't bet the game. I couldn't watch it after that. I wanted no part of it. And I told this to you guys and you made me turn in my man card for the evening. I was more excited for the poem before the game than the actual game. <laughs> yeah. And and
1: you could clearly see, I mean, Patrick Mahomes magic could only last so long. I mean, I mean, even, even when he was still doing it on the field against Tampa Bay, you know, the wide receivers are dropping the passes. It was hitting him in the face. You know, he he's making them look amazing yet. They were failing. I, I mean, it's, uh, oh my, I, just, I can't
2: Ryan, wait for Ryan. next what year. Was, what was it like in Tampa? You were local. Give that experience.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. I didn't like it whatsoever. We we live close to the Riverwalk. We went down there pretty much every night. And it not hanging out with people, but just kind of walking around. And cars hon- honking and fireworks shooting off. And it's just amazing how loud the city was for finding out they had a football team four weeks ago. So it's just <laughs> – uh, it's just – it was such a bummer because I, we talked about it a little bit in text. And I know this is a woulda, shoulda coulda territory and i don't think that even if we would have made the super bowl we would have had remotely the same kind of pressure that that front line had for the bucks who just played out of their damn mind but Mm -hmm. you look at we shoot ourselves in the foot in the nfc championship game against the bucks they go on and win it we definitely shoot ourselves in the foot uh, a bostic foot to be exact (laughs) in seattle and then if you remember they go on and it's – I believe that's the the New England where they should have won if they just ran a ball. Uh, and it's just – it's interesting because you look at this dynamic, and I think that there is uh, – Brady has definitely said to the entire world, like, I'm the best football player that there's ever been. Look at my winning percentage. It's awesome, and he played near perfect during the game. But you think about it. If things go a little bit differently, Brady maybe has four or five Super Bowls, and Rodgers has three. Like, it's just – it's crazy how – we somehow have, other than that first go round where we won it all, just the bad luck that we've yeah. had in the NFC
2: Championship games. It just, man, it hurts. It hurts. You, you guys hard. know my hatred for like the national media storylines, and of course, in the second half, it was all like, well, if you were doubting it, Brady's the goat. This seals it. Brady's the best ever. Like. Nobody was doubting it before this game. (laughs) We all knew going in, win or lose, Brady is the best player of all time. This is just another ring for him. Like, this just weighs his hands down more when he's in the photo shoot.
1: He's also the best quarterback to have the most top ten defenses winning a Super Bowl. He's only had a top ten defense every time he's won a Super Bowl. This defense showed up again with two turnovers. I... Antoine, Antoine, however you say his name, Winfield Jr., that guy, oh, my gosh. I hope we don't have to see him a lot in the future. He looks incredible.
2: In his Um, last two Super Bowls, Brady's defenses have allowed 12 points. In Rodgers' last two playoff games, the defense has 49. 49,
1: yeah.
2: (laughs) Which actually feels low. As a Packer fan, you're like, well, only 25 a game. Yeah, I was expecting 60. Yeah, that's a win. Brady's has allowed 12 and two Super Bowls. The guy's yeah. got a good team around him. Yeah. Yep. But he's the best ever. I, I'm yeah. not taking that away.
1: He doesn't f*** up, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> that's for sure. And this is a, this is a perfect
0: transition. Uh, we we let Mike Pettin sail into the sunset all the way to Chicago. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I've been waiting
1: to do this
2: for two years.
0: <laughs> Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a whole lot of conversation. We obviously were, were bandwagoning for the Jim Leonard situation where if anybody's bad mouthing that man, get out of here because it's it's not like he was at San Diego State trying to get back to Wisconsin. It's not like he was had a head coaching job lined up that Paul Chris is going to be leaving soon. The man legitimately said, "I love Madison. This is my alma mater. I came here to do some things, and we haven't done it yet. I'm staying. Like
2: more power to you, Jim. Like I got, I got questions on that. I'm uh, yeah, yeah. I do too. I'm not literally. as apologetic as you there, Ryan. Ra- round out the DC intro, but I got some Leonard questions still. So then we were thinking, um,
0: do we hire within? How are we doing this? We felt we felt confident, and then Joe. Barry is introduced and he is was currently uh, the assistant head coach slash linebackers coach of the Rams, who not a bad defense to be a part of when you come into the Packers. Uh, and I know a lot of people were showing immediate worries because he has in his records and in his resume a 2008 stint as defensive coordinator for the Lions, which you might know as the team that went 0 and 6 Team. But he held it together at the beginning of the season. You can definitely tell by the end the team had completely quit. Um, but he also has a lot of moments where he knows LaFleur from their time working with McVeigh. He has experience in terms of working with uh, the uh, Monte Kiffin. He's worked with Wade Phillips, obviously with Brandon Staley. He's worked with Derek Brooks and Corey Littleton and, and players that you know within that linebacker crew, you they got more out of them than they probably expected. So it's it's kind of an interesting thing. And I know the one thing that perked Dan's ears was everybody was saying that the one the two words that came out of people's mouth when they talked about Joe Barry was he was energetic and he was aggressive. And I hope that he has learned what he did in Washington and what he learned in Detroit. And with this fairly talented defensive core, I'm actually excited. If nothing else, he's going to be aggressive on play calling, which the only time we were aggressive was when we needed to be in prevent defense. Before the first half. (laughs) Nice. So let's talk about it. Let's talk a little bit about Jimmy boy. Let's talk about a little bit. Barry.
2: And and Barry brings the, I guess the Vic Fangio system. And so, you know what? My whole take on this is I don't, he's got the lions background. I get it. He's got some experience with teams that were not successful, but what we've seen from Lafleur implementing a system, this is his first D coordinator hire. I think we just have to trust Lafleur. So far, uh, you know, he's he's done nothing wrong between the you know the, the Nathaniel Hackett hire and his offensive system that he's installed. Rogers two years in, you know, reestablishes his MVP status. If he puts half of that into the defensive side of the ball. Then you know we can fix those little gaps that we had. It's so weird to talk about how our, you know, whatever we ended up being ranked number ten, you know, give or take a couple positions, defense uh, was underperforming, but they just underperformed in those big play call situations. So I hope that what Lafleur saw out of this was a guy that will be aggressive and he'll actually play to the personnel. We've got the secondary to press and play man coverage, and it felt like every third and eight we're 20 yards off the ball hopefully that's the fix here and i that's kind of like all i have to say about this guy until we actually see it implemented because how else do you judge a coach right oh he, he runs a smooth practice he runs around a lot none of that matters until you see the actual system implemented on the field
1: yeah yeah and you know I, I'm actually okay with the defensive hire, Joe Barry. You know, th- this is the one reason I don't think Preston Smith is going anywhere. Uh, he's familiar with Joe Barry. He was the coach of Preston his rookie year uh, in Washington when he recorded eight sacks that year. Um, but what I love about Joe Barry, you know, he is a developer of the linebacker position. You can see it everywhere he's been. He, he was involved in Nick Perry at USC. Um, but what this guy does with the linebackers and what we might have I think we might have some secret good talent at the linebacker position and I think Lafleur might see something there and he sees all right let's get a linebacker coach in here we got a good young crew in here maybe get some knowledge into this crew that we weren't getting Um, and like you were saying bring in the other you know, the Rams scheme of defense um, and see what we can do with all this talent that we have on the defensive side. You know, the and the other thing I love about this hire is Joe Barry has been known, you know, his his two bad seasons of defensive coordinator uh, Lions and the Washington Redskins. One thing he was really good at was turning over the ball. Um, I, I, found this stat, you know, in, in Washington, his first season in Washington, he recorded 26 takeaways in the final 14 weeks of the regular season. So the 14, you know, minus the first two, but, uh, tied for the third in the NFL over that span in that year. So what he can do turning over the ball, not only intercepting the ball he was creating forced fumbles out the wazoo with his linebacker crew. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what type of pressure he can bring with our defensive line. And then also what type of, you know, chaos he can bring with uh, turning over the ball.
2: Look at Josh doing his homework, yeah. man, yeah, bringing I, some great stats there.
0: Yeah. It's definitely one of those things that, um, I, I, the thing I needed out of a defensive coordinator was stability. Like there was a lot of times where I think and guessed wrong. So I'm fine with the guy that just has a better batting average. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't need we don't need this. Well, we do need, but uh, <laughs> as a nice one B, it's nice to just have a guy that hopefully feels comfortable. I would assume if Preston stays that somebody had a conversation with Preston in that kind of behind closed doors being like, tell us about Joe. Like, tell us – you obviously had an amazing rookie season with the guy. Like, let's talk about it. Lafleur knows him to some extent because they were part of this team that rebuilt the Rams into a playoff-bound team year in and year out, even when they don't have a quarterback. So it's like it, – it's it, it's comfortability with the floor, which is great. I don't think it completely changes our game plan in terms of schemes. It's just – it's trying to get those better matchups by calling better plays and getting more out of players. And I'm I'm right now I am I'm fine with it. I I've mm-hmm. I will have fallen on the sword because you can't week in and week out say bad things about Pettin's name and then all of a sudden be like, you know what? Maybe we
1: were too hard on him. I'm be so bad that about I maybe said, You know, one. it 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 could go that way. I mean, honestly, we could miss Petton guys i mean there's a possibility he he, he was a very decent defensive coordinator we're just expecting more you know and i don't think there's anything wrong with that when you have aaron Rodgers as your quarterback um but you know honestly looking back at his stats i I looked back before recording he didn't do a bad job we were probably more harsh on him than we should have been probably just because of his play calling was a little subpar
2: key plays yeah yeah it's like he turtled every time a key play needed to be called, and he's like, "Let's just do the opposite of what makes total sense." Here's <laughs> here's the credit of what I get. I give the front office and Lafleur and the decision making team. In case I didn't cover who else is included in the decision making team, they seem to have the pulse of what's going on, and, and that includes like the the fan. Uh, uh, opinion and and feeling around the team, right? So one of the simplest decisions was Sean Meninga had to go. From all accounts, he's a great guy, but the special teams was terrible. He has to go. That's the first move they make. Patton's contract is up. It makes it a little bit easier. But the, the fans were also looking at this being like, yeah, we could miss him. But, boy, there's a lot of plays here left out on the field that look like they're just coaching it looks like it's just a scheme. Like you just called the wrong play in that situation, and we don't have to rehash every single time. But they're painful to go back on. You got a mm-hmm. hall of fame, you got a hall of fame quarterback. Like you can't have that happening. So credit to the decision makers on making the easy moves. My only concern with the Joe Barry hire was he was not our first choice from all reporting. Mm-hmm. So on on the Jim Leonard front, why do you think he said no? I, I think what Foos
1: stated is is probably very accurate. You know, it, I mean, he's a younger dude still. He's still figuring out the whole coaching role. Uh, he probably feels like he's not ready for the NFL yet. You know, he's he's he wants to be a perfectionist in everything he does. He was the same way in the NFL, um, so I I wouldn't doubt that he does. He just thinks that he's not ready yet, and he likes where he is. It's a comfortable position to learn. You know, a great defensive scheme, and to practice whatever the hell he wants, that's, he can I mean, do whatever he wants there. That's so, a cute.
2: That's a cute storyline, but like, how many NFL or how many football coaches are known to have that kind of humility, where they can double or triple their salary, and they're like, "No, I'm not ready for that yet. Like, who can talk to me in a year." Jim Leonard, he's <laughs> one I of know, them, man. I don't, <laughs> you're giving him too much credit on that front. My fear is. Something to the effect: If he looked looked at the personnel, and he's like, "That's not the opportunity I want to take," because if a Wisconsin boy with the chance to get into the NFL, he played ten years in the NFL, so the experience at that at that pace at that level shouldn't scare him by any means. I, I sure, think true. if he had the right opportunity, he'd be ready to make the jump. So, the worst case scenario, he looked at the personnel, and he's like, "That's not what I want to inherit." I don't think that's the situation, though. I we got enough players. My guess would just be something Ryan hinted at. He's not able to run his system. My guess is LaFleur was mm. saying, like, I want you to implement this system. And Leonard's like, nah, mine works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That that's a good that's a good takeaway, too. You that's know, my I, just think- I mean, that's best case scenario, right? It's just a, a disagreement in methodology behind getting it done.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's probably a mix of everything uh, because I don't well, uh, I know we always say there's the greed and the desires of people, but you you look at it like I just think he's in that class of his own that just is kind of doing his own thing. And I think he is a guy that is loyal. Like he is completely 100 percent loyal. And the fact that he doesn't have a Big Ten championship, if they would have somehow found a way to hold on against Ohio State two years ago, I would put all my money that he is our Packers defensive coordinator but it's just the fact that he feels that he owes something to the Badgers before he takes the next step. And I don't think he's totally out of the realm of possibility of going, look, LaFleur is going to be, hopefully, knock on wood, the Packers' quarterback or uh, coach for a long time.
2: Quarterback? So what's this, what do you yeah. know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's to say that LaFleur doesn't come back three years from now and go, goes, yep, I'm ready? Mm-hmm. And in that time, has success at his alma mater. Checks that off his box of this is what I want. My my family is three years older. Like we're in a good spot now. Throw me to the wolves.
2: I'm ready for the NFL. I think you yeah. have, I, like. I love the storyline, but I think it's more like not that we're media, but I think that's more of a media storyline. This was also the NFL team he grew up rooting for. for was it Troy, Wisconsin? You know, small town Wisconsin, walk on, five foot ten you know 100 pounds soaking wet walk on to badgers i get that he's got the badger you know a uh, uh, relationship being an alumni but you know this was also his nfl club so what better opportunity to jump into the nfl as a coach and you could go be a d coordinator for two three years and then maybe the wisconsin job opens up and you're a head coach mm-hmm. back at wisconsin said yeah, i'm concerned as to why he said no and my hope is it's just like he wanted to implement a scheme that lafleur is like nope This is the exact scheme I'm looking for. You either come in here and run it or you don't. And then I pass.
0: But here's the thing is we have people on this podcast that are are just Wisconsin guys, but then they root for the Titans hardcore.
1: So you just – it's all (laughs) – it's just all uh, mixed bag. I I root for the Titans behind closed doors. (laughs) (laughs) There was a day when Daniel Hill (laughs) was –
2: the third best
1: quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> Anyways, I want to move on to our special teams hire, which I'm not so happy with Maurice Drayton. Um, it, it's an inside hire. It, he was on the special team staff uh, this past year. Uh, so I don't quite get the move. You know, if, if you really want to change the energy that's brought on special teams, should you promote within with what was the problem? Um, I know it's a minute point and you guys brought that up before we recorded. um, But, you know, with all the issues that we've had on special teams, turnovers and just loss of yards um, due to lack of inability to block. um, Why would you hire within at this coaching position?
2: Yeah, they know more than we do. Special teams like just give me the 20th best special teams unit in the league. We just can't afford to be 32nd. I don't know how much you want to dissect this. From all the sounds of it, you know, he's a well-liked person. He's energetic. Hopefully, again, you got some trust in LaFleur and his system where you're like, here's where all the mistakes were made. It, It wasn't like there was a lack of effort on special teams. It just felt like the scheme sucked, to be quite frank. So, like, hopefully this guy's got some new ideas. He obviously interviewed for it, injected his ideas into that conversation. They're like, good enough. And I'm not asking you to be, you know, the Chicago Bears special teams unit that scores once (laughs) a week. I just want you to, like, not fumble and get the ball back to the 25. That's good point. Good, good point. (laughs) Fair catch and catch it every once in a while. So let's get into a little fun
0: in a game that we call Mary kill except it's a little different is just purely focused on free agents that are out there that you go yeah baby come to green bay mary is somebody that's on this team that you're like yep we need to extend them we need to be together for a long time and kill is pretty obvious get the hell out of here so prefacing it that with this we're in a hypothetical realm Of three dudes talking about the Packers on a podcast.
2: I'm on my fourth beer. There is some (laughs) salary cap issues, I'm
0: sure. I think we'll be a little bit fair in saying that we're not going to get uh, a Chris Godwin or an Allen Robinson, but we're we're realists to some extent. But please don't come after us being like, "Will, if you take the five million, you'll attract million. We don't care. We're not going to read that
2: clause that Rosenhaus put into his contract. We're not salary cap nerds so let's that.
0: let's just get that part out of the way. who is a free agent that is floating around that you guys say you know what i will take him
2: Ryan go first you never go first get it Ooh, pick your pick <laughs> take there your a lot of, there,
0: there was a lot of there was a lot of looks uh around here i this is gonna upset some people because i'm gonna say wide receiver as much as i wanted to pick a wide receiver in the first or second round, which who knows maybe we do. I also think there's a quality amount of wide receivers that are out there that not only are are, are cap friendly, but are producers in that two to three-ish slot. Uh, so I'm going to say a guy. We tried to get an indie guy last year and it didn't work out. This year it would with Mr. T.Y. Hilton. Not as fast as he used mm-hmm. to be, but still routes quality, hands quality, and if the pressure is off because we have Adams going one way, we have MVS going deep, and we have ooh, Lazard doing ooh, out routes, yeah. Ty Hilton just being like, be that pseudo slot guy, off and on with Lazard, all day, every day, and I actually think for a, a
2: fairly reasonable price. I don't know about reasonable price, but you got me, you got me a little fairly reasonable. Too. reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so I had three picks for my my. F- free agent i'm getting down and dirty and now i gotta pick you didn't even pick one of my three guys so uh i'll i'll just avoid the wide receiver position because two of my three were wide receivers one we all know who it's gonna be because i'm a notre dame guy but i'm gonna go with the obvious uh jj watt this is just a a lifelong decision for him pull the pull the you know (laughs) i just have never understood this like hey green bay can pay you eight million dollars a year or you can go to name your team and they can pay you 10 million dollars a year and traditionally the player's like well i better go get my 10 million dollars a year and it's like or you go back to your home state and you live 30 years on marketing deals for whatever you want you be an abraham law firm you know culver's quick trip whatever you're on billboards all across the state the rest of your life and a guy like him seems like kind of understand the marketing game behind the nfl career he's probably got the same amount of years left that Rodgers does you pick a number they probably both have that amount of years left just call rogers and be like dude we're gonna go do this thing together like let's for sure get one and then go for a second it just just go do it man it's so it's so easy and you're setting yourself up for 30 years of residual checks
0: it's also interesting on that point about money i don't know if it's Possible? Do You think he can get a royalty de- deal on his own merch? Like I want five percent of every jersey and shirt you guys sell with my I have to believe that alone. I think they get would a be cut. Unreal. Yeah, but like added on top of hey, this is this is a specialty mm-hmm. watt price because I I can only imagine everyone that
2: first week. More. Oh my! Oh word. my god! I'd I'd be buying two right away. Guarantee <laughs> <do> that <laughs> you just have to. My.
1: My one free agent, I, you know, you they guys clowny, care. they clowny. <laughs> no, you know, my, my honest, my it's honest one that, you know, we, we, yeah, well, I'm bringing them up, but the, the honest one that I would love is Allen Robinson, him and Devante would just be a blast to watch together, but we can't afford them. So I'm going to somebody we can afford and it's going to be a corner. Uh, Because we're losing King, and I think we need some help veteran-wise at that position. Now, this guy won't be starting on the outside. He'll probably be majority inside guy. Uh, But Desmond King, uh, you know, the Titans picked him up midseason this year, um, and he helped that secondary a ton uh, to make it to the playoffs. Um, He's solid in the slot. He can help with tackling. Um, and it's, it's just a solid veteran that you can still get for under $7 million probably, probably even under $6 million. Um, So a value guy that you can add to this team that could greatly increase our performance. I thought you were going Corey Davis. I was thinking Patrick Peterson,
0: too. That just became available in the CB department.
1: I love Corey Davis.
2: I just don't think we can afford him. That's the only thing. There are so many options. Yes. I hope the Packers yes. make... I, like, we don't have to go through all the names. Uh, Matt Schneidman did a nice list on the article of 20 names, but mostly like stars. And we know the Packers; <laughs> they probably won't pick from that list. But man, like, just make one splash. Like, give us a reason to be like, all right, they're they're going to chase the ring this year. Well, and you you don't even need in free agency. We don't need the guy that's going to be the
1: game changer, right? We just need some depth in free agency. I feel. I think you can get some really good value guys in this free agency period that can come at a value because there's a lot of people uh, available this year Mm -hmm. at random positions. So
2: those guys that'll go on the first day and demand all the money and mm -hmm. then the Packers swoop in with like that tier B player for a reasonable amount on day three. Yep. Yep.
0: So who wants to start off who you're marrying on this Packers team? So current roster that you go extend him now. I'm
1: I'm going to go right into it because I'm excited because I don't think Aaron Jones wants to be back. I don't think he is coming back. I think he wants the money and that's okay. He's earned it. Love you, brother, but I want Jamal Williams back. What that guy Ooh. brings energy-wise to this offense just mm. as a positivity standpoint. Even when things get dark, that guy's still dancing. I want that still. Even if he only averages, you know, three point five per year, as opposed to four point two, I'm okay. We still have Aaron Rodgers. We still have Devonte Adams. Um, you oh, know, man. I, I just love that guy's energy. I want him back.
2: Oh man, Josh, you're definitely talking as a fan and not a GM right now. One hundred percent. You're like, like, no. Even if he doesn't run that far, he's he's a good personality to have on the sidelines. <laughs> You know it. We need so that positive. This is I had this stat, uh, ironically, just from listening to Barstool, but I Googled it to make sure it's a, a true stat and not just a, a pardon my take thing. But uh, a, this is a perfect uh, point to throw it out in this podcast because we haven't brought up the running back situation yet. Have you guys heard this one? In the last 12 Super Bowls dating back to 2009, the player with the most rushing yards – was getting paid two point five million dollars or less. Ooh, nice. Holy shit. <laughs> that in, that includes a Percy Harvin for the Seahawks in twenty thirteen, but Pierre Thomas, James Starks, twenty ten, Ahmad Bradshaw, Ray Rice, Legarrett Blunt, CJ Anderson, Blunt, Blunt, Sony Michelle, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette. Two point five million or less. And you look at re signing a Jamal Williams, my issue with that is you got two power backs then you better hit a home run on your yep. free agent signing Correct. or draft pick for that slash back receiver type. Cause you got two powers and nothing else. Yeah. But uh, all right, go ahead, Ron. Well, quit, quit bashing mine and <laughs> tell me what your memory is. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I'm I'm picking the guy that's blocking for him. Give me Lindsley all day. Yes. Damn it. That's what I was going to say. Did I think you're going to so say I, I gave you the go ahead. Just uh, it's self-explanatory. It was just Mm -hmm. that line behind Bakhtiari. And yeah, you're going to have to pay him eight, nine, 10 million somewhere in there. But just lock him in. The the guy's a stud.
0: And the thing, too, is imagine having an offensive line for the next five years. locked up. As literally has within that six bunch, half of them are the top three in their
1: position. Like, and you know we're going to draft a tackle that will yeah. get there, too.
0: And we've seen moments out of some of these guys that have come in and out that you go, oh, I kind of like what I see there. The fact that you can just sprinkle in two-ish, three-ish guys and be like, yep, all right, cool. And if Mercedes comes back for another year, that's your big tight end block. Like, it just
2: – and, and he's totally making ten point five.
0: He's making yeah, 10.5 out there, so it's not even going to be a huge dramatic increase anyways.
2: And if you boil it down to that. You know, maybe Runyon becomes your right guard down the road, whatever it looks like. Your right guard could suck. If you just get an a, a average right tackle and you've got like three pro bowlers, center left guard and left tackle, your right guard could just be a bum off the streets. You can hide a guard pretty well. So you'd be in a fantastic position. Um, This
0: is interesting. Uh, I, I was looking at it. And I had to flip a coin actually between Lazard or Tunyon. And I'm going to say Robert Tunyon, who's a restricted free agent. I know he's going to expect that paycheck. I think it's a little interesting if you can find a way to kind of uh, get through this next year and assume he doesn't go off for a bajillion touchdowns next season. It probably makes it a little bit more reasonable. But I'm going to say Robert Tunyon just because him being part of the offense and if we continue to elevate and DeGuara comes back and we start feeling things out in terms of backfield, I just I love the fact that we have a tight end that just legitimately seems to want to work his A off to be better. I want a young, hungry guy. And so I would say give the money to Robert Tunyon to get him through. Maybe it's a nice little bridge gap to say, hey, let's see what you can do. Um, because i don't think he's necessarily going to go off like he did this year consistently but
2: Maybe i, I just
0: i i yeah i just love the fact that can you get a poor man's kittle in there as part of your offensive weapons and it's somebody that you know rogers is trusting more and more yep let's do it yeah so, but Lindsay was my number one my number one was Lindsay because it just god we're offensive line is just so sexy
2: so yeah, and, and remember yeah. what with the Buccaneers lost in the NFC Championship? We're like, boy, did we miss Bakhtiari, right? Like, you, mm, you can't yeah. lose a player that caliber and just hide it. All right, and so I'm going to go. The Chiefs,
0: too. Chiefs had uh, two missing, <laughs> and that completely changed the game. Offensive line, especially with the Hall of Fame quarterback, gotta have it.
2: That plus turf toe, and you're helpless. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with kill a current player because I'm going to uh, go against. See ya. With- I'm going to sayonara. I'm going to go against what Josh said earlier with the new defensive coordinator making Preston a stud. Speaking <laughs> of hungry players, I think Preston got his money and lost his hunger. Oh, yeah. I think Preston got his money and Could you imagine Joe started. Barry's first day? hey Preston yeah good to see you buddy yeah let me know if you need anything in the future what (laughs) well the way I have luck with recording this podcast is this evening Preston will sign a seven-year extension (laughs) but uh, we've hashed it out enough on this podcast over the year you got Rashawn Gary up and coming Zedarius is the the captain of the defense let those guys start. You can't have Preston as a backup at eight million dollars a year. Let him go.
1: Yeah, mine's Kevin King. I don't even have to think about it. I'm overseeing <laughs> that guy get. Hey, beat I agree deep. with you. I'm overseeing that guy line up the off the line of scrimmage ten yards because they know he's going to get beat deep. I mean, I I don't understand why he's been our number two for so long because he's proven that he's not a number two. Um, you know he has talent. He's athletic, but I, I, uh, it's just not working. You know, maybe it'll work somewhere else for him, but not here. Uh, get another corner in there. Can't wait to see who is lining up next to Jair
2: Alexander. I can't wait to see where Kevin King ends up.
1: He will end up not on a roster. How much you want to bet? He's oh, gonna get, he's gonna right get paid yes. like just yes. below by the Chargers to play dime. Hopefully, like the Lions.
0: Do you know what you can mark bookmark this because here's what's going to happen. He is going to have one or two interceptions within the first couple weeks next year and everybody's going to be like, "Oh man, do you remember when you were all so hard on him?" And then the remaining 15 weeks are him getting burned the Silver hell out. Average. Just like every look think about all like the wide receivers we let go. And Mm -hmm. we're just like, see what they're doing? We should have kept them. And then you realize that's the only highlight they had was the first week away from the Packers.
1: Like, that was it. Well, and you got to think who's been playing over top of him. He's had Amos for the past two years. And Savage, not bad. Free safety and strong safety duo to have over the top of you. And he still can't hold his own. So, yeah, goodbye. So, (sighs)
0: originally i have a my prediction is that packers actually go linebacker in the first two rounds of the draft because they go we got a good core let's get a young sud and let's just run with these guys for as long as we can so in that case kirksey with his potential out yeah 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 yeah. but i'm actually going to pick another guy that we kind of talked about uh billy turner is currently the seventh highest paid packer and if we let him go and I'm not saying, I mean, he had his moments. Don't get me wrong. He had some amazing series. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the year, he was getting literally turned around. But we would save $16 million by letting him go now, which, holy moly, yes. So give me that $16 million, Money going to Lindsley. Money going to Tunyon. Let's, let's still keep it within that old line-ish group, but... Bye-bye, Billy Turner. Bye-bye.
1: That's a tough one. That's a tough one because he has played so many different positions, and he's helped the Packers through some tough times, even though (laughs) not playing the best. But he's bad, though. Man, when he's bad, (laughs) he he he, gets hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Holy mackerel. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, I, I understand, especially the value you're talking about there. That's ridiculous that they can save that much money.
0: JPP was going to tell him that he burned him nine times, but he only has seven fingers. That's how bad it was Ooh.
1: right Championship. So. JPP. He couldn't even peace out. <laughs> I, I have a heart. Hard...
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to back that up with a factual <laughs> statement. That's fantastic. Boys, it was fun to reconvene. I had to grab the mic out of the closet after putting it away for a couple of weeks. It was. This was a good therapy session to get over what could have been. Uh, hopefully God. hopefully we make some moves we'll come back in the off season when we don't like to do like a whole once a week thing we're, we're not that important in your lives but when news comes expect to see that podcast drop like 48 hours later we got day jobs <laughs> you, know,
1: you know we'll be there for you <laughs> yeah. but
2: we'll think about it we'll form some some opinions we'll drink some beers we'll drop a podcast into your feed uh, but hopefully next year uh, we're excited about the roster as we were for this year put back On the field, you know, a top five offense and a defense that just doesn't make stupid play calls on third and short.
0: That's how you're going to end it, Dan. That was a beautiful send-off, but now we have to reconvene <laughs> a little bit. But And a special is that
2: will fair catch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we'll see who gets – I assume it will be a beautiful wave of cuts and then a beautiful wave of signings. And then we are about two-ish months away from the wonderful time of the year where we yell at our TV during the NFL draft. draft. So we will catch everybody next time. Thank you.
2: Go Pack Go!